Hey guys, thanks for taking the time to watch and listen to this. Hey, real quick, I want to have an opening statement because apparently I fed some of our Texas friends last week when I said that the Americans won the Battle of San Jacinto. <laughs> so, first of all, I'm so sorry. But did, when I did my research, I promised there were people <laughs> that lived in Tennessee that came and fought for the Texicans. So, again, I'm sorry. I forgot. I know we lived in Texas. I know it's Texas, then heaven, then America, then like... Oklahoma's on the bottom of the list. So again, forgive me. I don't mean to be a little tongue-in-cheek, but listen, thank you guys for keeping me apprised that it was the Texican army that won. Well, look, we're finishing up our series, Exodus, and we went through the first 15 chapters over the last couple of weeks. And the whole deal is seeing how God rescued his people from one of the darkest times in their history. Well, the first week, We kicked off the series, we looked at purpose, and we learned through the first four chapters that this is something that we hopefully, hopefully it stuck with you, that purpose is a process of preparation. Like We learned that God used 80 years to prepare Moses. For you and for me, it may take years for you to live out your purpose, but God is preparing you along the way. Everything that happens to you prepares you for that purpose. Good, bad, the ugly. Now, the second week, we looked at rejection. When Moses returns, um, after those 40 years out in the country, he's faced with rejection. Pharaoh wants nothing to do with letting God's people go. So, Pharaoh rejects Moses' request. And Moses, he's not the one actually being rejected. God is being rejected. And y'all, it was a reminder that when we reject God, there's consequences. There's short-term and there's long-term consequences. We, we learned that God sent those plagues to destroy the economy and then it left fertile land look like a wasteland. We learned that as we navigated through chapters 5 through 10, that rejection is personal. We've done the rejecting and other people have rejected us. And there's consequences in those relationships. Now, especially in our relationship with God. And we left everyone with this question. What am I trying to control that is out of control? And what do I need to surrender to God? And then last week, we did the Lord's Supper together. It was a special moment. And we went through chapters 11 and 12. And Pharaoh was not willing to let God's people go. And so God had one final plague that would finally loosen Pharaoh's grip on the Hebrews' freedom. See, for freedom, we learn there had to be sacrifice. Now, God would provide his people, but it would cost something of significant worth. We need to give something up that's good for something that's greater. We talked about how good things want to take over our heart, but yet sometimes those good things can't give us what the great thing, which is a relationship with Jesus, can give us. So this week, we're going to look at chapters 13, 14, and 15. Freedom is about, actually, freedom doesn't come without challenges. I mean, freedom comes with, yeah, freedom comes with challenges. And look, whether we're getting set free or we're trying to stay free, challenges, they'll happen. Challenges will happen. Now, we took Brooke up. I don't know if you've ever been to the George Washington's Mount Vernon, but it's a really cool place. She likes history. We want to kindle that fire as long as it lasts in her little soul. One of the biggest takeaways while walking through the museum, walking through different places on the property, 
was the challenges that the states faced with attempting to be free from England's reach with taxes. Now, no, no one was sort of on the same page on what to do. They didn't know how to respond. It was very obvious that they wanted to avoid war, but they, they, it seemed like it couldn't be avoided. If you've ever watched The Patriot, uh, there's a scene where they talk about trying to do their best to avoid war, but it was inevitable. And guys, it, freedom had their challenges. In order for you and I to be free at times, it's going to come with challenges. Like even think about America now, even now, even though we are a free country, there are still debates right now whether or not our individual freedom is at stake. Well, I want to focus specifically on the challenges of getting free as a person, but also as a follower of Jesus. Look, all of us experience challenges with getting free and being free. We all do. You do, and I do. For some of you who are listening and watching, you've been addicted. You've been addicted to something. You find yourself being pulled in when you're trying and trying to push away from that addiction. We like it. We like what the addiction gives us, but we don't like the consequences or the results. For you, it may be alcohol or maybe drugs. For, for most of us, it's social media. It's politics. It's TV. It's food. It's hobby. It's sports. And it may even be adult websites. For others of us, the thing that has promised us that we're going to be free is, is debt, and yet we want to be free from all this debt, and we're having a hard time saying no to that other expense. We have more money coming in than we've ever had, but yet we feel less free. Some of you, you are in a relationship where you want freedom. You want to be free from that codependent relationship, or you want to be free. You want your kids free from that abusive relationship, or maybe you're in a custody battle. And you're still tied up with pain attorneys. You're thinking, will this ever end? And look, all of those things that I mentioned, all of those things, they affect our relationship with God. It affects your relationship with God. I know there are some who are listening and watching. You're not convinced that Jesus is the only way to have a relationship with God. Maybe, maybe for you, you're beginning to add different other forms of religion. And you're kind of making it your own. Some, man, you're listening, you're watching, and you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, but yet you're still holding on to something that is keeping Jesus from being the leader of your life. Man, you want the benefits of the kingdom, but yet you don't want the king. I know I asked this just a little bit ago as we recap last week. Now, ask the question again. What if the things you're holding on to are actually keeping you from being free? But I want to change it this week. Let us ask this question. What is the thing that I'm holding on to that's actually keeping me from being free? And then you can add this question. What am I willing to do to be free? Look, we'll take a deeper look into freedom as we walk through chapters 13, 14, and 15 of Exodus this morning. So if you have your Bible, or our hosts are going to put the scripture up on the live chat as well. Now to set the scene, to kind of get us back to the story, Pharaoh's firstborn son was lifeless. So Pharaoh let God's people go. Notice what happens. When Pharaoh let the people go, this is so, this is so bizarre. God did not lead them along the path, along the road to the land of the Philistines, even though it was nearby. For God said the people will change their minds and return to Egypt if they face war. 
So he led the people around toward the Red Sea along the road of the wilderness. And the Israelites left the land of Egypt in battle formation. Did you notice that battle formation? Here's the deal. Freedom doesn't come without a fight, even if we're not ready to fight. For, for some of us, we're not free because we're not ready for the fight to be free. Like we love the idea of being free from that addiction, being free from that debt, but yet we're not willing to fight to be free. We'll notice later in the story that God fights for them because he wants them to be free just as he promised. Now, here, here's a twist to the story. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. So they're on their way out. And he took the bones of Joseph because Joseph had made the Israelites swear a solemn oath saying, God will certainly come to your aid. And then you must take my bones with you from this place. (laughs) Remember, this was over 400 years when Joseph made this oath. Think about that. Joseph made this oath because he knew, don't miss this, that Egypt wasn't the promised land. Sure, it had all the bells and whistles. It had all the wealth. It had all the luxuries one could ask for. A lot like America. But it wasn't the land God promised Abraham. Joseph's oath was a reminder that freedom would come in the promised land, not in Egypt. Guys, for some of us, we are so focused on stuff that is right here and now and we're losing our mind on eternity. We're forgetting about eternity. I loved how he had all the luxuries, but yet he knew that I can't live by sight. I have to live by faith. I also love that this shows a honor. This shows honor. Like imagine the effort this would have took. You're telling the next generation, hey, just in case we're set free, make sure you get Joe's bones. Hmm. Guys, I don't know about you, but it just doesn't seem like honor's a, Honor's missing in our culture. Honor's missing. But guys, we're committed with honor at Southridge. We're committed with outdoing each other in honor. All right, let's get back to the story. They set out from Sakoth and camped at Edom at the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire to give them light at night so they could travel day or night. This is pretty cool. Could you imagine being there watching this? The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people 24-7. God was with them. See, sometimes the path to freedom is a long one, but it is the right one when being led by God. I'll say that again. Sometimes the path to freedom is a long one, but it's the right one when being led by God. As we think about the things that we want to be free from, addictions, debt, unhealthy relationships. Look, there may be frustration that it's a different path. It's a longer path than what you want. There may be disappointment in the process. You take a couple steps forward, but yet you take a step back. It's like, man, I just feel like I can't make the progress. But there may be impatience on your part as it's taking longer than expected to be free from that addiction, that debt, that unhealthy relationship. Here's the deal. When God gives the destination, he'll provide the directions. When God provides, when he gives you the destination, he'll provide you the directions. Look, notice that God 
led his people. And he never, he never, he never once left his people. See, the promise is that God will not leave us either. He's with us. Notice the promise that Jesus gave his followers. Notice these words from Jesus as he's talking about leaving and the Spirit coming. Jesus says he is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains in you and you and will be in you. Man, that is something As we get back to the story, Moses is leading the people as God is leading him. Pharaoh has a change of mind. And as he's looking at having to rebuild without slaves, he begins to pursue God's people. Notice what Moses tells the people. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians... You see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you must be quiet. Moses says three things to encourage his people, and hopefully it encourages you today as well. One, don't be afraid. See, God is on our side. (laughs) He's telling his people, hey, God is on our side. He's not going to let us leave us alone. See, fear and faith cannot be roommates in your heart. God has not given us the spirit of fear. The second thing he says is stand firm. In order to walk in faith, we first have to stand in faith. We can't walk without standing in faith. See, it's impossible to win the fight on our own and by our own effort. This is why he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us. Man, if I rested on my own effort, man, I'd be tapping out. I'd get tired. I, I couldn't do it. But because of the Holy Spirit, we can. Three, see the Lord's salvation. See his rescue. This was his fight. He made a promise, and he delivered on that promise. God's people saw things they never thought they'd see before. I mean, you're talking about a sea parting. I mean, could you imagine? Look, God's going to do the same thing in your life. There's going to be things, when we let him work and we be quiet, man, God's able to do some things, and we stand back. We're like, wow. The book that we're reading in our men's group, it talks about the stealth manna. And we're going to be able to tell stories to our kids. Stories to our grandkids when we let God do what only God could do. The story continues. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. Go. As for you, lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea. And divide it so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. But for me... This is what I'm going to do, Moses, just in case you're curious. I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians. Remember, there was a power struggle. Pharaoh thought he was God, or a God. There's a power struggle. He says, so I'm, I'm going to receive glory by the means of Pharaoh, all his army and his chariots and horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I receive glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Remember that power play. The only thing that really would... The, the Egyptians would understand is to see God at work. See, God's people were going to see God performing miracles as a reminder of who he was. But not just God's people, but God was going against the backdrop of all the Egyptian gods. 
And he was going to show that not only was he different, but he was real. He was real. So, Pharaoh, with his hard heart, he chased. And while chasing on dry ground, Moses, could you imagine, he stretches out his hand at daybreak over the divided sea, and it returns at a normal depth. Notice how Moses describes the intense moment. He says the Israelites had walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. I can't imagine that sight. When Israel saw the great power the Lord used against the Egyptians, notice this, the people feared the Lord. They feared the Lord and believed in him and in his servant, Moses. You remember how we said that freedom isn't without challenges? We also said that, (laughs) another way to say it is freedom comes with challenges. But God provided protection. I love the story of a little little four-year-old girl is having with her mom. They're preparing to go to bed, and the little girl, she's afraid of the dark. The mom... On this one occasion, alone with the child, also felt some fear because her husband was out of town. So the light went out. The little girl caught a glimpse of the moon. She said, Mom, is the moon God's light? The mom said, sure. And the next question was, will God put out his light and go to sleep? The the mom replied with a giggle, no. God never goes to sleep. And then in her simplicity, the little girl says, well, as long as God is awake, there is no sense, both of us, to stay awake. Little girl's smart. See, there's always more at stake. There was always more at stake for the God's people than freedom from slavery. See, for God's people in the story, They were free to worship him without restriction or persecution. That's huge. That's important. God's people were free to live under God as king. It was a theocracy where God was king. God's people were free from, they could live without fear of a pharaoh, of a dictator who would use genocide for population control. See, when it comes to us, There's always more at stake than our freedom from sin, addictions, debt, and unhealthy relationships. These things or these people in our lives, they've over-promised and they've under-delivered. Do you know that we are free to worship God and we no longer need something that can't satisfy us like Jesus? Jesus satisfies us like no one else. We are free to live with Jesus as a leader of our lives. That's what makes this life so great. We are free to live without fear. So there's two questions to ask as we land the plane. Number one, ask yourself this question. What is the thing I'm holding on to that is actually keeping me from being free? And the second question, what am I willing to do to be free. 
For some of you, that might mean taking a time out on social media. That might mean restraining yourself from having to answer some political statement that's out there that you feel like you need to correct. Or maybe for you, it's asking someone to come into your life and say, I need you to hold me accountable with the way that I'm spending my money. Or maybe I need your help with quitting drinking. I don't want to be the person I've allowed myself to become. I don't know what it is for you. But what are you willing to do to be free? I don't know about you, but I have people in my life that I can be very vulnerable about with stuff in my life. And thankfully, they can call me out on it. But guys, that's what makes us better is when we invite not just the Holy Spirit, but we allow other followers of Jesus into our lives to help us to become more like Jesus. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed this series. I know a lot of people have. They've learned a lot. So if you don't mind, let's, let's wrap up in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for preserving this book for us. Thank you for all the things that we're learning. God, thank you for all the archaeologists that are out there, and they're actually discovering that this actually really happened. <laughs> all the things that they're finding out, this not only was a good story, it's a true story. So Father, please remind us that not only is this a true story, that happened a long time ago. But we now have the power of the Holy Spirit that does some amazing things in our lives if we just surrender. So Father, we are trusting you, not just with our souls, with, with, but with our lives, that we are living each and every day surrendered to your purpose, to your plan, for us. Help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.